Hi everyone, it's Hannah. And Holly, and we're just here to say that um, if you are enjoying the show and you want to show us some support, we now have a Patreon, um, which will be linked in the description. So head on over there. We've got very exciting things coming, uh, including Celebrity Corner and Bad Book Club. So if that's something you'd like to hear more about, go check it out. And thank you for your enduring support. We love you. Enjoy the podcast. Hello! Hello! Welcome to Culture Hang. How's your week been? Nice. Um, I'm <laughs> Hannah. I'm and I'm Holly. here with Holly, yeah. As usual. If you've listened to us before, you'll know this, but if not, um, we are a pop culture podcast and we do this weekly and we have fun. We talk about pop culture, anything. Anything. anything to do with pop culture. It's being talked about on here. Um, if you have any suggestions, you can let us know. We have all the social media... And you can follow us and join our gang. Yeah, the culture gang. It's a nice gang. Like, it's not a worrying gang. <laughs> it's a gang of fun. It um, is. Holly, let's get right into it. How is pop culture treating you? I found there was tons this week. Yeah, there was. I felt that. I yeah. thought there was a lot going on. I feel like I've been scraping the barrel for the past couple of weeks. Mm. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. now because I'm suddenly... Uh, out of a job again <laughs> no 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 it was genuine like genuinely this week there was a lot there was more a lot going from. on mm-hmm. my favorite thing i think yep. would have to be um my gradual coming around to really enjoying olivia rodrigo's uh new album yeah. i think she's incredibly talented i wish her all the best i think yeah. she is a voice of a lot of generations. A lot okay. of generations. I was going to say, right, Lena Dunham. <laughs> I am the voice of my generation. <laughs> but I think she's great. And the, the pop culture moment that I love the most was um, John Mulaney's now ex-wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anna Marie Tendler. She yeah. posted, she shared Brutal. I think it was Brutal or it might have just been the whole yeah, album. Yeah, I think it was. And was just hugely supportive of it being like, hit me up, girl. We've got some, yeah. like, big women support of women. Yeah. And it was just, I just love to see it. it. It's my favourite thing. It was nice. I liked it too. Yeah. Um, I haven't really listened to the album in full, but obviously my TikTok is just full Good of it. You. has it in the background of every video. Yeah. Um, I just think the impact of it is just incredible mm-hmm. because... I was just on my phone on TikTok yesterday. Um, I don't know what song it is, which is... Is it good for you when she's, like, sociopath? She just shouts so- sociopath at one bit. Like a damn sociopath. I'm sorry, I'm sounding really old, but here we go. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just listening to a TikTok with that in the background, and my brother started singing along to it, and I was like, there's no way he's listened to the album, but this is the impact this girl is having. Yeah, she's everywhere. On just everyone. Well, well done, done, Olivia. We love you here, and we will also be your mum. Yes, so with Billy. You, another one of our children. Yeah, and Jojo. Oh, and Jojo Siwa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're looking to branch out for some more children. So. <laughs> if you are a child... <laughs> no, that sounds a bit creepy. No, if you are in need of support, we will support we you. We will. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, it kind of happened, but I didn't really... Uh, Friends reunion okay. that everyone was waiting for. Yeah, I watched Did it. Did you? Did you yeah. enjoy it? It was alright. Yeah. I mean, it was... It's okay. Like, there was some nice, like, behind-the-scenes bits. Okay. And I kind of watched it mainly because it was just on. Yeah. And I put it on. And it was nice. Lovely. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it was, like... Because when the guest list had been announced, I know that people were confused. Because, like, 
Malala was on the guest was list. She? And people, yeah. So it was like, what's happening? What's the, like, people like David Beckham, <laughs> Kit Harrington, And it was like, how are you incorporating these things? <laughs> but it was just like short little clips from these people being like, oh, this is my favorite episode. Oh, I really like well, that's this. cute. And Malala was there with her best friend and they were talking about how they love to watch it together. And it was really sweet. Aww. Um, the only thing I was sad about, like, I really watched it hoping that Paul Rudd would be there. And he's not. <laughs> so I was kind of sad about that. I was hoping he couldn't include Paul Rudd. Yeah, no, that's a massive oversight. How dare they? Yeah, so that that was it. There was nothing, um, nothing big from that at all. No. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I've got two more. Eurovision. We watched, yeah. well, I watched it from the start and then you, Hannah was editing the podcast in one ear and watching Eurovision out Eurovision the other. Through the other. <laughs> Which I think is just a really good motif for our podcast. It's very... We're so I professional. Hope, I hope the vibe you get from this podcast is like Europop as a mm-hmm. podcast. Like I know it's not, but that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, that's the energy Europop. I always want to give off with everything I output yeah. into the world. Like Europop. I love Eurovision. We also, love Eurovision. We are right? big proponents of but it. But I think it's I think it's because we love Europop as a vibe. Yeah. And what annoys me so much is that every time England goes and like we submit something it's never Europop. No. We do the blandest things ever. It's like charts from we... 2010. And he, did, yeah. he didn't even sing well. Like, no wonder we got no There's points. no choreo. Like, no. there's no... Like, if he wasn't singing well and there was big choreo, yeah. big costumes, and it was a Europop song, I'd be all about that. Like, so I'm not boring. that into them singing perfectly. Oh, it was so boring and bad. And I was like... Was and so then it was bad. just embarrassing that that's yeah. what... The, they pay so much money to be included in Eurovision, which is why they're one of the big five. So you don't really have yeah. to like qualify because you pay so much money into it. And that's what you send? I, I just don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so that was weird. And that was, the more the night wore on, we were like, oh, Britain's not getting... We're not getting anything. We're not getting any points. Yeah, we got but we didn't deserve it either. But the band that did no. win... Um, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. They called... What are they called? Mag Magskin? I will not remember. Manskin? The, the Italian, the Italian band. band who were... Yeah, I'm sorry. The energy they brought. They were all in leather. The, the main singer had like yeah. platform boots on. They were incredible. They were... Yeah, I loved the outfit. They were like, not even heavy metal. They were like a rock band, essentially. Rock, yeah. But they kept being like, ooh, like, heavy metal. It was. They were not heavy metal. They were rock. I feel like you could you could have had it on like the Twilight soundtrack. Yes. So it was it that, was that vibe. vibe. It was perfect. It wasn't heavy metal, no. but it was like angry yeah it was great and uh the controversy that emerged was he had to take a drugs test because it looked like i'm putting this in vertical it looked like he was snorting cocaine off the table which he won you wouldn't do it no no, like of all the places like how many cameras were on that if he was gonna do it you'd go to the bathroom you would go to the bathroom no one does that um and two like I remember when I first saw that like rumored as a meme on yeah. like I went to Twitter and it was like oh so and so like and people were laughing about it and I was like it's so clear even when it was joke I was like haha that's funny but there is no way this man no. is doing cocaine right now because like it wasn't even close to any like table or anything he was just looking down it, yeah it was weird but everyone is like thirsting after that band mm. now they love that man. They said that he is replacing Harry Styles. Ooh, okay. I have seen this, and then I've seen people in like the comments of TikToks that say this, being like, "You'll forget about him in a month. Harry's forever." <laughs> um, and it's like, calm down. They count the origins of them. 
come from the same place. Harry Styles, everyone forgets. X Factor was where yeah. One Direction came from, which is tackier, which is I think is worse yeah. than Eurovision. It's worse because like it's not even fun tacky. It's boring. It's like makes people and that's cry. That's on people who watch the X Factor. It's just like it's oh, it's just so boring it's now so boring. because you're following the same formula. Yeah. And like, oh, do you know what I hate about the X Factor? Sob stories. <sighs> everyone and they has make, one. They must make everyone have one. Yeah. And then if you don't have one, like they have to like just dig deep into some irrelevant thing that happened <laughs> to them and be like, I guess this is my this sob is your story. trauma. <laughs> yeah, this is my trauma, and. It, Oh. It's a nightmare. Anyway, I haven't watched it in years, so feel free to tell me if it's improved. But, but yeah, if also Simon Cowell. Oh, nightmare man, nightmare man. Mm-mm. I mean, I've heard what Jed would have to say on Simon Cowell, and I know they wouldn't lie to me. So, did you see one of um one of them was in hospital? He's had he's had his appendix out. Oh, yeah. But he was doing like a okay, live we love stream. We love Jedward. We're yeah, massive we love Jedward. Maybe like in future we will do a podcast on like x factor and how terrible Ooh, it is we should and definitely do that maybe we could contact jedward and be like hey <laughs> we could get a voice note from them that would be telling amazing us what exactly was terrible about x factor oh my yeah okay. we're gonna that's gonna happen so keep yeah. your eye up for it um the final thing is that i mean we we spent a whole podcast on this back in october um uh-huh. it was revealed that kim k tested positive for coronavirus 10 days yeah. After she came back from the birthday island retreat, which means she might not have got it there because it does sort of appear no, like but... four days after the symptoms kind of thing. Yeah. But still, can't have been that safe then, Kim, could it? And you could have put all those people no. in danger. And you were like, we all took tested well, for 100% her. they did. I think this is actually one of my pop culture moments of the week because in general it's just kim kardashian is having a bad week okay um so to start with i think this is also from that most recent episode of the kardashians um she failed her baby bar exam um i'm not familiar so i I know that i don't know like i i'm sorry i'm not familiar enough with the american law school but I think I think it's like the exam you do at the end of your first year, ah. which maybe is like a mark of like okay. a bar exam. She failed it. I have nothing against that. Like I no. mean, well done for trying, but I mean you had a lot on. <laughs> maybe one thing at a time. Anyway, but nothing against her for trying. But then she she said to me like the baby bar is supposedly harder than the actual bar and i'm just not sure about that mm, that's not how it works kim i just don't think that would be she says this is what she's been told but but also while she's talking about that and please correct me if i'm wrong anyone who knows the kardashians she's saying about how busy she's been and how she can't take it again because the next time to take it is in october or november so this would have been last year yeah. um and she was like, but I've got so many birthdays to be planning. I've got so many birthdays oh in that month. And I've also got the birthday trip. Um, so she was clearly planning all these things yeah. at the time while we're having a pandemic. They were like, I'm so, still going to go on my birthday getaway. Ooh. Yeah. And like, also, if you, I'm sorry, like, I'm not saying people shouldn't celebrate their birthdays for things, but like, if you really want to do it, then do it. Like a birthday, you can have one of them every year. You can't do the bar <laughs> you can every have year. Them. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's just I don't know. Like having seen people who work towards law degrees, uh-huh. it's not an easy feat. No. Like I've watched people work like every day of the year, even Christmas Day, like not a day off. Yeah, I don't see how you can do it and have all of this other stuff on. Yeah, 
and do it in the same time as everyone else. So, like, that's nothing against her, but must have been bad. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, I don't know if you'd seen this, but she's being sued by her gardeners. Oh, um, I did not. Yeah. Why are they so, suing for? So her former garden gardeners um, and maintenance workers, they have accused her of a range of workers' violations. Um, surprising. I know. Um, well, yeah, I kind of have other thoughts on this, which also comes from, like, recent Kardashian episodes, but... Uh, such violations as being late with pay, withholding wages for taxes without reporting them to the government. Oh so, my you know, god! That's terrible. Refusing to pay overtime uh, and making employees work without meal breaks. I think there was also something about a um, like someone, a worker that was sixteen, having to work overtime and not being paid correctly, oh or like god. it's illegal for them to work the amount of hours they have. Yeah, because they're a child. Child labour laws. <laughs> exactly. Kim has said that they're suing the wrong person because she actually pays a vendor and it's their job to pay the staff. But if you're the employer, should you not even like, check in with them? Like it's her yeah. garden. Could she not see yeah. that maybe they're in her house? Essentially, they're on yeah. the grounds of the monastery oh whatever that is it's not even a house is it um but then on the topic of them just treating workers badly i'm not super surprised by this because in a recent i think it's the most recent episode of the kardashians or it might have been the last one um kim and courtney had an argument because courtney like had borrowed kim's nanny for the kids the nanny had annoyed her youngest child and apparently her child is very into at the minute um Courtney like telling people off in front of them to like so he knows she's got his back which yes but like oh my god what what? so she told this nanny off in front of her child but in front of everyone I think it happened at a restaurant oh my god this nanny like leaves in tears is like broken by this tells Kim Kim has a word with Courtney about it and he's like, you can't even keep a nanny. Like, geez. so clearly this is like a common occurrence. Mm. Um, and I know there's been like talk in the past. I think one of Courtney's children has like scraped a nanny and stuff like that. And I'm not <sighs> saying like, I'm not parent shaming. I know like a lot of children can be quite naughty, but no. them not treating their gardeners right. I'm not yeah. potentially treating their nannies right. I just really don't like the sound of that. I think... No, I mean, I th- to be fair to her, it seems like Kim is, like, quite... Like, she did stand up for the nanny, so... Yeah, because she's good, probably watched like- how she is with her kids. And I imagine if you do nanny for someone, that you essentially become, like, a trusted member, even though you're a paid member. So that has yep. a different dynamic to it as well. But you do think, well, I know how they are with my children and the fact yep. that you're, like, belittling them in public so that your youngest child... What kind of parenting is that? I have no idea. Like, I understand it in, the, in like, the case of if the child had had a falling out with a sibling. Yeah. You might, like, tell the child off. I don't, that, it doesn't seem right to me. Like, it seems like you're maybe encouraging bad habits because mm-hmm. what happens when this child's, like, 10 yeah. and is, like, shouting at all the people yeah. who work for you? Like, it seems like that's not an effective way of dealing things. Anyway, another thing I've seen um, this week, which just so bizarre um taika watiti oh and tessa thompson yes. are, appear to be in a thruple yep. now i don't want this to come across as me being against thruples i absolutely adore thruples i think thruples incredible the idea <laughs> of it wonderful well done um but my problem Rita is yep. does not deserve this no, no. <laughs> i'm sorry but why does retora get to live these dreams of people like why is she getting success no. and like 
the best throuple ever like how is she getting to be involved in that i don't know um and if you don't know what our problem with three sororities i think we've talked about in past podcasts but like um i mean i think she's blackfished and a lot uh which i don't really think we've talked about that much and also the fact that she just blatantly broke coronavirus um lockdown rules for her birthday for her birthday showed no remorse over it and just continued to do a lot of bad things Mm -hmm. regarding that so we're not too keen on her getting to live the dream right now no and like i found it weird and i mean i think it should be an episode of our new patreon celebrity cursed couples Oh yeah, because this is cursed. Because this is up, so we will get into it more. Not, not in Taika like... and Tessa. No, love that. no, no. But Give me I more found of it that. weird that Taika, Taika, and Rita were together anyway. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. this is not because that was rumored beforehand that they were didn't, together. Didn't enjoy that like coupling, no. whatever. But then the pictures came out, and I was like, and and there was another guy that Tessa Thompson yeah, was with. He just like sat in the background with Daryl Canoodling, <laughs> and he's just sat there fully like fourth wheel in it. No, but then there's a picture of Tessa kissing him, so maybe it's like I mean, good for Tessa. Polly fun time, but yeah. we support it, but not redraw being there. No, no, I just can't like. She just doesn't. She's not. I don't think she's a good person, and she's like, a bit I, weird. And I am intrigued to how like Rita is to the rest of the world because in England, I would say that she's like <laughs> she's a singer, and we all know her, but we're all confused. Like we yeah. don't know how Why she's, she's still going still if there. she has fans. So I'd be intrigued to like. How is she known to in Australia and New Zealand? Because yeah. they're in Australia now because she's one of the judges on the Australian Voice. Ah, but why? Okay. <laughs> why the Australian Voice? Are you a big fan of Rita? Like, what's happening? Um, my final one that I just want to get in because I've talked about it before and I'm really happy about this. So you might remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about the CW doing a version of the Powerpuff Girls. Yes. Uh, the pilot's been cancelled or it's being rewritten or something. It's been scrapped, essentially. I, oh, wow. I think they're probably going to try again. Um, and just remember, it's been scrapped by the CW who do Riverdale. So think how <laughs> bad this had to be. Um, so my worst fears were true. They'd made the Powerpuff yep. Girls into adults and it was very, like... It was, like, a very sexual script. Like, that's not really... Yeah. A, like, if they're adults, that's fine. But I just don't like the idea that we've gone from like a cutesy tv show about children like just fighting crime Mm -hmm. to sexual adults like i don't know what i just doesn't sit right um so some of the um this is some of the leaked script (laughs) i haven't included all of them but um buttercup goes to try and wake blossom up it goes bloss wake up or we'll leak your nudes everywhere what yeah and then bubbles is talking about blossom and she's like blossom's fine i saw on her insta that she has a boyfriend i saw on her linkedin that she got promoted and i saw on facebook that she still talks to grandpa despite their political differences and then buttercup says coming back here is probably triggering for her and it's just like that exact thing of like it's adults writing what they think like teenagers and young adults want and it's not what they want And it's just, it's happening time and time again. Like, can you at least maybe consult some teenagers or mm-hmm. hire some younger writing staff? What's happening? Yeah. Why do you think, like, what? No, but, like, it's just so funny to me that it's been scrapped by CW. <laughs> like, they won't scrap anything. How many yeah. seasons in a way with Riverdale? And, like, the script <laughs> for Riverdale is pretty bad. Like, we yeah. have a great, you can watch our Riverdale episode, well, our teen drama episode. Riverdale script is, like, the worst thing about that show. Yep. So I'm glad, at least, like, if they're going to 
rewrite it hopefully it'll be better or maybe you could just scrap it forever seeing as no one wanted it yeah exactly and all the negative press it's getting it's like okay maybe well, take this as a Intervention from the gods. After the like Winx saga thing, where people yeah. were like, "We love the Winx saga because of like all the good costumes they had and yeah. how bright and colourful it was," and you took away like that favourite aspect of it. A big bit of like the Powerpuff Girls was like how cartoonish, bright, and colourful it was, and the yeah. costumes. And then they put them in these like basic, like five pound costume versions of mm. what the Powerpuff Girls wore whereas what people would want is like cool fashionable like clothes from now yeah. with little like maybe they could all be wearing bits of their own colour mm-hmm. um, but don't just put them in a green dress you know <laughs> anyway it's annoying but like I guess on the subject of TV <laughs> yes, we can segue into what we're talking about today um, which is TV yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you want to explain Holly well, we were thinking about it in terms of like sitcoms that yeah. we both loved. And then when mm. we were thinking about it, we were like, oh, it's things written by Michael Schur. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Schur has either been a writer on these shows yeah. or starred has in. created them and starred in as well or has created <laughs> them himself. And basically, we wanted to talk about sitcom, sitcoms. 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 But we were like, how do we, like, what do we center this around? What's mm-hmm. the focus? Um, and we just thought Michael Schur was a good focus of it because he's done, <laughs> like, for almost 20 years now, um, he has been the sitcom man. Yeah. He's been involved in sitcoms, like the biggest sitcoms of the time. But the and funny I think ones kind as of, well. Yeah, like good, mm. good sitcoms. Like he's, and as far as I'm aware, he's not really had a flop. No. Um, and so I think we kind of want to look at him to like look at because if twenty years, nearly twenty years, has spanned a long time. Yes. So how has like the first one, which obviously he didn't create, how has that completely changed to his most recent show? Yeah. What's the progression there? And like just generally, how do we feel about the show? So, mm-hmm. shall we start by talking a bit about The Office? Yeah. I so think The we Office should. came out in two thousand five. So that's. So long ago. Yeah, I know, right? That feels wrong. Um, He obviously didn't create this, but he was one of the writers on it. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. Where do you want to start on this? Because I think there's a lot to be said. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to talk about what I like about it, but I also want to talk about what's yeah. not aging well yeah do, which Absolutely. do you want to go with that's how i played out yeah i've what set it out as like the first? things that i enjoyed and the things i yeah. like returned to because it was my comfort thing when i, I was saying to hannah it's my comfort thing when i was yeah. doing, studying for my gcc and a levels and i was that idiot that was trying to watch it on my phone as i was making notes well, yeah which is never don't i think do we that. all we've all done it though haven't we i used to do it with the office and one family like watch them like illegally as well don't come for me but <laughs> you couldn't get it anywhere and now they're on like every yeah. streaming platform like you don't know the struggle i went it's through it's so annoying that's why i'd never <laughs> watched like i didn't i haven't watched the office until like recent years i'd like mm. seen occasional episodes and i think maybe because i came to it like a bit later i was always kind of confused what the big hype was about yeah because i'd seen the whole of parks and rec yeah i was a very big parks and rec fan and then I came to the office and I was like, I don't really like this. And I think it's because mm. you start with the first season. And it's bad. Yeah. I do. I, I'm, and if you like that, I'm sorry. You're probably a big fan of like the UK office as well. Or, because it essentially is just what the UK office was. I've, I hate I the don't UK like office. That. 
No, I don't I hate, like it. And I, I don't, don't and I never well. watched the first season of the American one because it's they tried to I skipped to, it in the end. Yeah. Because I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. I didn't like it. But should we start with what we like and then I think yes. we end on what we don't love so much anymore? Yeah. I have we more can then move on list to the next of things. Thing. Yes, absolutely. So well, you I... tell me what you really like because this is your show. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me? Um <laughs> I think the cold openings are genius and I think yeah. the whole it just works the the situational side of it where it's like a silent documentary crew but you get the yeah. insight into other people's lives. I think the like staying alive um resurrection stuff on the CPR doll classic i think that was yep. the first thing i saw as a clip on tumblr so it's tumblr's fault that i watched the office as well like 100 yep. percent. beats bears battlestar galactica again will live on forever i yeah. don't think <laughs> we'll ever die um the, the i think it's like called health and safety where dwight convinces them they're all gonna die in a fire because he's like it's set so up. Good. they don't follow the fire yeah. safety protocols when um the just a lot of the the colder and like Dwight yeah. ignorant slut as well. I think they're just lines that it's just still... some of the quotes that are so good. Yeah, <laughs> and it just like I've seen a there is a video on YouTube where it's just like all the memes from the office, and it's just mm-hmm. like a ten minute clip might be longer <laughs> of every meme that came from the office. Yeah. And it's just I was watching it, I was like, so many came from there. Like I got like so much I didn't even realize I'd forgotten about some of them. Yeah, and I was like. Yeah. well done to this show because that's how influential <laughs> it was and i loved uh mindy calling's character absolutely like i i think she is one of the highlights yes of the show for me watching it now kelly yeah. kelly i adore kelly i like i just think I, the way she was written so good and i mm-hmm. think like she's written in such an annoying way but the fact that we all love her is like I don't know. There's something there. Like we all love this very terrible, annoying character. Yeah. And I think it's because like the aspects that are terrible about her, we all have little bits of that. You oh know? my like, god! Yeah. So good. I'm such a big fan of her writing on that show. And yeah. like a big mi- like I know it shouldn't be, and we shouldn't applaud these sort of things. But big milestone for her being a writer on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like that recent thing where so she. It had been announced that she was writing something on Twitter, and a man commented underneath with the gif of Michael going, no. Um, <sighs> and she commented underneath saying, I wrote this episode. Like, <laughs> so, so good. But yeah, so on the whole, I think the female characters were underwritten a yeah. lot. Um, and we will get on to the bigger issues, but I think the meme side of it. it definitely i was influenced by tumblr to watch it and that's how i ended up watching I like, it for the that specific comedy the female characters are underwritten but i think they improve in later seasons yes, i do. think the way that they progressed pam's character yeah and that it's so funny because she talks about like um jenna what's her second name fisher. i remember jenna fisher talks about how like she got hate when pam started mm. to be this more independent well-rounded yeah. characters because people didn't like it no. like i assume mostly men didn't like it <laughs> but watching it now i really like to see how she grows yeah absolutely. um and i think that's a really nice arc and i also like oh my gosh what's her name the kimmy schmidt 
character. Oh, Erin. Erin, I really, like, in the last episode, this is a spoiler, I guess, if you've not watched The Office, Erin, like, meets her birth parents yeah. at that thing. And it's a really weirdly sweet scene yeah, just thrown in The Office. And um, I think, before we get onto the kind of the criticism, one of the things I really like about The Office is just how mundane it is. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, if you think about it, it followed a lot of sitcoms that were, like, based in big cities like a lot of the 90s sitcoms are just based in new york and it's a lot of people i think we all have this criticism nowadays when we (laughs) nowadays um when we watch things like that and we look at these people in massive apartments in new york with like and their working jobs as like waitresses and stuff and we're like (laughs) but that's not something that's not life no that's not life it doesn't make sense (laughs) and then like those characters evolve into people with really good jobs that Mm -hmm. you know Whereas, like, The Office, it's so mundane and, like, it, it's just what you would expect happening. Yeah. A lot more people are familiar with just a normal nine-to-five job in it's this... boring. Yeah, in this town in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. That's a bit weird. Like, stuff like that. I think it's just much more known to everyone. Yeah. Which then you run the risk of, it's going to be a boring show. Mm-hmm. But they pair that with just, like people that you would meet in an office like i feel like a lot of people have witnessed someone like michael scott yeah maybe not to like the extremes but i feel like we've all met someone like that Mm -hmm. maybe not someone like dwight but like someone who's a bit odd a bit of an oddball and like stuff like that they're all characters we know but they're done like so well that you can look at it and be like this is a situation i understand and it's relatable to me but at the same time it's so bizarre yeah that i absolutely love it i think that's like my favorite thing yeah yeah and i also i feel like watching it now as well (laughs) i'm just gonna love on pam for a bit (laughs) i like like i've said i like pam's arc but i think she's a really understandable character to like I guess us and like she wants mm. to be this artist and yeah. she's just doing this nine to five job because you that's what you do like <laughs> as much as you have these like hope like big hopes of what you want to do yeah. you have to do the nine to five um yeah so it's nice to see her evolve and like stuff like that take yourself just, seriously yeah, and, yeah yeah and like start to believe in herself a bit um so I really like that about the office I think that's definitely my favorite bit definitely mm-hmm. now for oh god okay so yeah there's a lot of racism yeah there's a lot of sexual harassment and misogyny mm. being sat or attempted to be satirized yeah I think. I think the joke is always trying to be on the ignorant man in charge which is michael scott because yeah. he's the cause of all the issues in and the that's office not, like that's not to say that like sometimes they do it well sometimes they do done well Sometimes um, they do really well, but on the whole, he never, it's like he never learns, I think. Yeah. I think, like, one of the things why, like, I wouldn't stop and, like, outright condemn The Office is, like, if you compare it to a show like 30 Rock, mm. it does do some of the same terrible things that 30 yes. Rock does, but the characters as a whole, I don't think are based off of stereotypes, so there is, like... There's yeah. pros and cons to it. Like, I feel like they did a good job of not fully stereotyping different characters. Mm-hmm. But then they, the con is that, yeah, they still... Like, at one point, did it go too far? And in a really similar way to 30 Rock, they have recently cut a blackface episode. Yeah. Which, again, because I, so, I came to it so late, I just didn't know this existed because I never got to see it. Which like it was like again, I think they were trying to do it in the thirty rock way, but 
I think it's in yeah. one of the Christmas episodes where... It, yeah, it's in the, like, Pennsylvania he's... Dutch Christmas one. Yeah. yeah. He's Belschnickel. Yeah. And he's, like, feral. And his um, sidekick is a person in blackface. Mm. <laughs> and the guy... Uh, the joke is that... Dwight only realises that's really offensive yeah. and then the guy goes back to his car and he's all dressed up in the blackface. So that's what they've cut out. So the joke like is... It, it didn't need to be there though because now no. I've seen it without the blackface in. I've seen that. I've, I've yeah. only seen it without the blackface. And the way it works is they, they mention about the sidekick wearing blackface. Yeah. Dwight's like, oh, I would never do that. Then looks down at his phone, panicked, and texts. And that's all you need. Like, you didn't yeah. need the second bit. You, you just, just have to... Because the implication blackface. there yeah. is, oh, yeah, typical Dwight, he's done the wrong thing. But we didn't need to yeah. see it. No. Um, but, yeah, well, you're right. Then we, we get the characters of, like, Jim in most of the situations that we're meant to, like... Essentially, I feel like we're meant to be like Jim. Because Jim. Jim's yeah. always the one that's looking in the camera when ridiculous things happen. Yeah. So the message is that, like oh, like Jim, you will find this ridiculous. Except yes. not everyone does. Like, that's no. the problem. Especially now, some people would look at that and be like, huh, blackface is funny because blackface is funny rather than this yeah. is funny because blackface is wrong. Yes. And that's what's worrying. Yeah, and but I especially think, um, I read this really good GQ article written by mm-hmm. Sinexa, who nice. talked um, about actually like looking back at the comedy of it with yeah. this one eye if so she says if michael is the ob- obvious villain then jim the erstwhile hero is a man who sees the abuse and stays silent for his own benefit yeah jim is the audience's stand-in whose fourth wall breaks have become a standard meme reaction for anyone who's been obviously ridiculous while the show laughs at michael through layers of irony jim is the one we're supposed to look for for how to feel and mostly he feels the horrors of the workplace are none of his business jim isn't touched by the horrors his boss inflicts on others because michael sees him as an equal most because he's young cool man therefore he can roll his eyes and laugh and cringe and leave it all behind when he clocks out he's never the target he can hate the right people prank the right people because he can pretend he's one of them which i think is really interesting interesting. because he's like complicit in all the terrible things that michael does because he stays silent in this very like what we're talking about now that men have to hold other men accountable for when they do terrible things or are yeah. racist or are sexist or make rape jokes like which I is all like these things that michael does and jim person, just goes mm. the person who is like now i think maybe to me a much more likable character than jim and i think actually does hold michael accountable on occasions is oscar and i feel like yes. I look at oscar and like he is the person that tells people stuff is wrong he's probably mm. the only one that's like no you can't do that that is wrong yeah um oh i just i can't believe i didn't speak about this and things that i love but i love oscar a lot oscar is fantastic when i watch it now i'm much more likely to like enjoy the scenes that oscar's in where he's like no i didn't like Mm -hmm. like what you did there was completely wrong whereas jim is just looking in the camera and yeah it is funny him looking in the camera and it's an experience that probably like it is a relatable experience to be in a workplace someone says something uncomfortable and you don't really know what to do, yeah. so you just kind of look towards someone. Yeah, but it got to the, like Jim has a relationship with Michael Scott, mm-hmm. where he could have said something. Yeah, because Oscar did. Like he rarely does doesn't do it, and it's again, it's I think especially in um the Gay Witch Hunt sees episode season three episode one yeah so it's like straight off the back of where they've recuperated it from the first season. Second season's much funnier; they've got yeah. it more together. Um. 
Michael outs Oscar in front of all his co-workers because he's just immature and ignorant. Yeah. And then to prove he's not homophobic, he sexually harasses harasses Oscar. Um, and then Oscar ends up like comforting Michael because Michael is the one who cries and is like, oh, they used to call me gay in school. Uh. And then he... But I like how they recoup at the end that... Michael, um, not Mike. Oscar gets a company car, and yeah. he has to have a chat with Jan. And Jan's like, "Okay, well, we'll give you some money, and we'll give you paid time off because they know it's like a yeah. sexual harassment lawsuit yeah. <laughs> that he could bring to him." I feel like as well, there's a really good episode, and I can't remember the, what episode this is, but it'll be one of the later ones. And like, I remember none of the context, but like, Andy's asking Oscar if he's gay, and Oscar's oh, yeah. like. I don't know <laughs> and he does a speech after that that's so good like no that's yeah. not my job like <laughs> do you think like I don't know if it's just thinking about it now but there were so many of those like white male ignorant characters yeah when you know you already had Michael but then they yeah. brought in Andy Bernard and then you bring in Jim to some extent and you have Dwight as well yeah it just feels like, well, how many versions of an ignorant white man are you going to bring into this story? And then you've got the Will Ferrell character who's in oh, it for yeah. like a couple of weird it. episodes. Yeah. And Idris Elba's in it. <laughs> it's interesting, like, the amount of people that just come in and out of it. I think the problem is that they realised that character types like Jim worked well and, like, mm. Michael's got blah, blah, blah. That all works well. So I think it's interesting the way they brought Andy in. And Andy's like this angry, horrible character when he starts. Like the antithesis of Jim. Yeah. Um, And he's kind of a villain. But then they make him into like a reasonably nice character. Like he's a nice person for a bit. A bit weird. And that worked well. Like I thought that was kind of different. You had, he was a bit weirder. But I could see how he would merge more into Jim. And it was like... Mm-hmm. And then for some reason in the last season, they make him into like the villain again, like this horrible yeah. man. But at the same time, they bring in... I think his name's Pete, who is oh, literally yeah. like marketed Jim. as Jim again. So it was <laughs> yeah. like... They brought Andy in, made him... like Eventually, he's, he evolves into a Jim-like character. And then mm-hmm. as soon as they make him horrible, we get another Jim. Like, it was like they just kind of <laughs> looked at Jim and they were like, this one works, people like this, let's just do <laughs> yeah. it again. So I don't know what was behind that. I definitely... It wasn't the best bit of writing, but... Yeah, I think maybe they just thought... And the same with, like, Dwight. I think they were like, this character works, but they couldn't really... It's it's him. it's more, much more easier to replicate Jim than yeah. it is to replicate Dwight because oh, if yeah. you got if you tried to do that it would just seem like someone was doing an impression of Dwight I feel yeah. and kind of the same with Michael Scott I mean they managed to do it yeah. again with I think the Will Ferrell character was a bit more like him May- I I quite liked Robert California coming in and just being really Robert strange Cal- <laughs> Robert <laughs> California was like original I thought at least it was yeah. like this is an original bizarre character yeah and I really liked that I think. I mean, another bit of the offensiveness I think we have to go on to, mm. besides the blatant bits of like racism, sexual assault, homophobia, <laughs> um, is the Benny Hanna episode. But another Christmas episode. Why did yeah. they just make the Christmas one? Because as well, <sighs> I think like some of the episodes are really good, yeah. And then they just do this, and yeah. Um, so one of like the joke in the Benny Hanna episode is literally as basic as 
all Asians look the same and that's yeah. the comedy there. And this yeah. is kind of spoken about by Kat Ann, who was yeah. one of the actors in that episode. And she has a TikTok account called at Philly Cat 5 so please go show her sport. Absolutely. Um, and she talks about acting in that episode and she's like, well, the reason that uh, like people act in these sort of episodes even though they know they're offensive or they realize they're offensive is because like they need the money you know this isn't Mm, like big actors they need the money to do this um and she speaks about how she took that role and like eventually realizing that like she is the joke yeah like her race her appearance that's the joke yeah which is just such a horrible thing to realize it's so dehumanizing like 100 can't and that that's a really horrible thing for you to come to, and as well she would like i because i read the same thing and yeah. she was talking about how excited she was to land a role in the oh. office because this was like a couple of seasons in and it's a massive tv show and yeah. then like she was the joke her yeah. ethnicity her race was the joke because and it's like it's so not unnecessary because it's all unnecessary but it, yeah. it is just like I don't know. I don't know where the line is because obviously Michael is ignorant and racist and does these yeah. mistakes over and over and over again. Like on Diversity Day, they have to do that because he makes yeah. a Chris Rock impression. I don't know. It's always kind of, they can't help themselves, but in the Tina Fey way, the joke's on the minorities again. I think like, because there is, I think there's a way, I mean like, excuse me because I'm not a screenwriter and I don't have experience with this, but I think there is, there's some value in showing that like in a relatable office experience, there is people that are racist. Yes. Um, that happens. There's people that are homophobic. And there is, like, occasions where you're in a workplace and someone says something and you're like, I didn't yep. know that you felt that way and I don't really know how to react. Yeah. There is a way of showing it, I think. But I kind of think at this point we need, because people misunderstand that a lot, and also in this instance, it often appears that the joke, and I think the joke is on minorities like it just Mm -hmm. the joke turns so it's on them instead of on the person that is doing the offensive thing yeah i think as long as we keep the joke on the person that is being offensive i.e michael scott Mm -hmm. i don't really have a problem with that but if the joke becomes about a race a sexuality agenda yeah i'm not going to enjoy that i don't like that and i think like the office does have examples of it doing well yeah the joke just being on michael scott but i think it needs i think at this point, we really need to make people aware that that's who the joke's on. So the Benning yeah. Hanna episode, it doesn't appear that the joke's on Michael Scott. Like, I know it is, watching mm-hmm. it, but that it's also on the Asian women there. The women that come. Also, I think there's a bit where he's talking to Jim at the end, and he's saying, he's, like, explaining what he did, and Jim's just, like, laughing. Exactly. I don't know if that's I've got the, that wrong, but I, that feels... I, I feel don't like... remember, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, and, like, that's yeah. why that episode doesn't really have someone going what you're doing is wrong yeah this is the like you have done something racist there it has no one taking that position no so what's the joke like i know you intend it to be on michael scott but do you really intend it to be in this situation yeah um and also thinking of because like especially with the sexual harassment as a recurring theme as well it's it goes it doesn't go on for too long because obviously women face sexual harassment yeah the relentlessness i think just as a as a woman i feel like I don't find any like all the things with Todd Packer in it. Oh, all you know. the uh, I just you just feel like it could happen to you. So it's not funny. So yeah. why did they 
why did they never learn from it why was why did none of the training work and i don't know if i saw people talk about how it's like the liberalism of the workplace is coming up against people's inherent like racial biases and privileges and all these different things and how the training doesn't work so i Mm -hmm. get that's the joke as well but also to have a character like todd packer who's just irrehefts but you know that some guys would be like oh yeah he's well funny isn't he yeah exactly that's why he doesn't get condemned enough (laughs) i think like the way the office works the u.s one is Mm -hmm. when it's most deviated from the uk office Yes, absolutely. I think that's when it works, and that's when I like it the most. When it's closer to the UK office is when I'm just uncomfortable. And I know that's what yeah. some people love, but I, I don't know if I... I hate Ricky Gervais. I just, no, I can't. I don't. Oh, I I'm hate sorry, no, I don't like Michael him. Michael Brent, I, or whatever his name no. is. Ugh. Yeah, that's his name. David Brent. I feel like one more thing I want to mention is just a video I watched on it. We will be putting lots of good links below this um, if you feel like we haven't gone into a subject enough. Mm -hmm. But it was called Racism in the Office by Culture Fluent. And it had some really interesting points and I really recommend watching it. But I think one of the most interesting things was when I looked in the comments, the amount of people that were just being like, people, well, basically all the comments were, people get offended too easily or snowflake (sighs) or something. Like, potentially all the comments were like that. And I think it's because... Mm. We have like escalated the office to such a cult status yeah. that criticism of it now is not looked upon well. So it wouldn't surprise no. me if a lot of people disagree with what we're saying now. And like we're not saying don't watch the office at all. No, of course not. Um, and I know a lot of the actors in the office fully agree with everything we've said. And mm-hmm. um, especially I know that the Jenna Fisher and girl angela yeah they have a podcast together now yeah and which is lovely and i know they've talked about the benny hannah episode and how they think like they think it's completely wrong now and they disagree Mm -hmm. with it and yeah um so just i don't know you don't have to fully agree with us but i would recommend looking at some of the things we've linked and just having to think about it for yourself um yeah because no we're not gonna condone racism in shows <laughs> and yeah i mean people are going to be like but you have to consider that it was made in 2005 not all of it and the um the blackface <laughs> yeah. was in like one of the later seasons yeah. like one I of think the it was, like season six or something yeah so <laughs> not all of it was it so just yeah. yeah okay um i think that's all i have to say on the office on yeah me too so then the next one he, that Michael Shaw, I think he co-creates this, and this is definitely more of his show, is yeah. Parks and Rec, which comes out in Indeed. 2009. Like <laughs> I've said, Parks and Rec was definitely more of my comfort show um, mm-hmm. than The Office was. And I just really like it. Same thing as The Office, the memes that came from it. Yeah. Incredible. Oh I think one God. of the first things I saw, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but if you were on like Tumblr back in the day, especially if you were like, on like booked humble or like that mm-hmm. sort of thing people would do like they would put quotes and memes from like popular tv shows into like the characters from the book i don't know if i'm explaining yeah. that well and one that they did the most was the one where it's um chris pratt's character and he's doing like eagle one um your eagle one your that happened once in a dream blah 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 people used to use that one a lot and it was really yeah. good and then he gets to ben and he's like eagle two and ben's like thank god great meme like i feel like there was a lot of a similar thing with great memes and i just think it's a bit more wholesome than the office you get a similar fully similar vibe as the office but different and also one of the things i love about it is apparently michael sure says he pitched the show as to be about female friendship which is really lovely and you can tell that from like 
Anne and Leslie. It's just yeah. so like to say it was written by just this man. <laughs> I think it's a really authentic look at female friendship. Like I think it is. Yeah. Leslie calling Anne all those like being like lovely, beautiful Anne, like all of this. <laughs> That's what you do. Like you just like yeah. the amount of love that you sometimes have for your female friends is just yeah. so lovely. And it's nice like the birthday parties Leslie throws for Anne. They're yeah. just constant support. And like all the women in that show have a nice friendship. Like eventually I, yeah. even I April, who hates Anne. They eventually have, like, kind of a nice thing going on. Yeah. I, I just think, as much, like, the and the men. I'm going to get onto this later. P- pretty, like, I feel like every character in that was quite well-rounded. Yeah, absolutely. They all had their I individual think. thing. And the reason I'm going to get onto this later is, I think, kind of makes sense when we've spoken through everything. But Michael Schur uses these same character archetypes every time. And yeah. it, it works. Like I don't have a criticism of it because it works. Like they evolve in ways. But one, I think we've spoken about this in one of our episodes before. He writes himbos, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love a himbo. Yeah, I. I think I came again. It was like a Tumblr thing that you yeah. saw the memes. So I think I watched that, and then I watched Parks and Rec. So I kind of watched them in chronological order. Really. Yeah. Um, but I I really enjoyed the dynamic of it. I definitely think it's shaped a little bit of thinking. Oh well, maybe I could work in politics. Like, right? I- like I th- <laughs> it's the same with the office. Like it does kind yeah. of make you think. Like oh, jobs aren't all terrible, which is yeah. not always great. And also, <laughs> the Parks and Rec does this a lot more than the office because I don't really think the office does it. But it has this idea of like people are doing this job because they want to improve the world not wrong but other than that people are good at the heart of everything yeah i think also following this all of michael show's shows do kind of have that same motif of people deep down are good and want to do the right thing and if they're not good there's a reason behind that and that's like that's understandable which is one of the best Mm. things about them i think I think so, yeah. and the, I think that's why they they feel so authentic because they are funny, but at the heart of it, people are trying to be good people. And I actually think it's a really interesting look at kind of a way into looking at American politics and the dynamics because yes. it's like a microcosm of the whole system mm-hmm. and kind of this like liberal feminism. How that you know the girl boss that Leslie oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. that worms its way into it, but then you've got like the libertarian and um, Ron, Ron, yeah. and actually and like councilman jam like there's this big factory that like yeah tweetums that employs all these different people like this that's a microcosm of how like a lot of it not here necessarily in the uk but in america that's how like a lot of town structures are formed so i think i really enjoyed it for that and it's not necessarily like super political but no but at the same time bobby newport that's literally what i was going to say one of the episodes (laughs) i love the most but it honestly it broke my heart so much every time i watch it when Leslie loses, uh, yeah. like she doesn't get councilwoman or something to Bobby Newport, and like how heartbroken she is in that moment, yeah. and it's like it's it's so sad to see, and I feel like a lot of people have been there, and it's like when you've worked mm. so hard for something and you don't get it, so it's yeah. real. Like I feel like you expect yeah. it to end with her getting it because she's the one that's yeah. worked hard for it, but realistically, that's yeah. not what happens, and I feel like it was. At the time, or around the time I was watching it, it, it made so much sense because we had, like, Hillary versus Donald Trump. And that's not me being yes. like, obviously, I've got a lot of criticism of Hillary, but she was the one that was working hard. She'd put her everything yeah. into it. 
and you look at Trump and he was kind of like this Bobby Newport character. I mean, I love Bobby Newport. He's so much better than Trump. But (laughs) like Trump was this Bobby Newport who just had all this money, came in and was just saying like these such stupid things. Yeah. But people resonated with it. And also there was like money involved. Like it was very monetary. And, and they like, hated Hillary so much that they would vote for Donald Trump. And it was like, yeah. it broke my heart because I was like, this is what happens. Like, realistically, yeah. this is politics. This is how it yeah. works. That the people who actually want to do good, more often than not, are not the ones that are getting elected. No. And that's not me. And, like, I'm not defending Hillary against all valid criticism. Oh, no, no, no. no. Not at all. No, but I think it, you definitely see what happened. Because this came out, like, it was in the run-up to it. And yeah. I definitely think it started to reflect it. Especially when they started to get into, like, bigger political campaigns in the later series. 100%. Especially when Ben goes off. Just you talking about Bobby Newport. I remembered um, the political guy, that, the politician that Ben's trying to get to go yeah. into Congress or something when he's he's in Washington. And this guy just sits in a room and smiles and like stares at them. And he's yeah. like, he's like, there's nothing in his head. There's 100%. like absolutely, I think it's such an interesting sat. And I feel like Veep does it, but like darker. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Iannucci did what he did for the thick of it in just in America. Yeah. So of course he, he's like predicted what's happening now. But I think it's like a comical look at it rather than just being like, we're all doomed and depressed and it's, it's going downhill. 100%. I think that's why like sometimes it surprises you and that like, it's such a funny show and then they throw in something that's kind of heartbreaking and you're like yeah what sorry i didn't i didn't want to cry (laughs) today (laughs) and i feel like that also that's a thing that michael Shaw really starts to do after this and like he'll just surprise you with really sad moments and it's like oh okay like one of the bits (laughs) that sticks in my mind of this is like when jerry becomes mayor and it was meant to be when yeah. tom was proposing to his girlfriend but then they he does it in a much more like understated way but they, they have that massive ceremony thing for him and yeah. he goes off in like a hot air balloon and it was a moment <laughs> of like jerry gets all this hate and it can be funny sometimes it's quite yeah. sad but it can be funny and then this moment of like oh like they he's being appreciated people are singing <laughs> to him people are cheering him on and then he gets this packs and rec spoilers i guess he gets to be like mayor for years and years like in the last episode mm. you find out he's just mayor of Pawnee for like forever after that yeah and he just keeps getting re-elected and it's really nice <laughs> so i really like that i don't really have criticism of parks and rec but i'm interested to not? hear it no i just couldn't i couldn't find it so i, I do want to hear it <laughs> there are a few little things yeah. of like it does kind of exist in like a post-racial paradise yeah and i definitely think the racial dynamics they've got a more diverse cast which is excellent well done but yeah the the people's experience of the world are not it's seen through this like post-racial lens of like post-obama race doesn't matter anymore everyone's equal everyone has the same opportunities like that kind of thing so i mean it's it's a little thing but Mm -hmm. um and also there's i couldn't remember which episode it was from i think it's from when leslie's spying on Anne and oh, yes. the architect oh, yeah. guy in the van yeah. and she's in it with Tom yeah. and she says like oh where did you come from and he's like Carolina yeah. and she's like yeah but where did you come from before that as yeah. in like did you move here from a different country because you are a person of colour yeah. and he's like my mother's womb and I think that's like the only instance I can think of that yeah. they address yeah, racial yeah. difference and it wouldn't like <laughs> that's the thing that that's kind of what i'm saying about they could have done stuff like that in the office i think that's a way yeah. of it really was portrayed in that and like let me know if you think i'm wrong but in my opinion that scene really portrays leslie as ignorant and not smart yes. like that's how she's portrayed she's yeah. not it you don't laugh with her you're going no. 
uh, you're with Tom and you're like, uh, what? Like, just stop? Told you, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, stop, stop with the question. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's that, isn't it? And I think there were other bits where Tom's creepy behavior is played off as like cute yeah. plot lines over and over again, but it's actually quite, it's because he's like, he's immature and he's like, just falls in love all the time, but at the same time, he's, he's quite creepy. Tom is my uh, least favorite character. I like him yeah. for, um, John Ralphio. John Ralph, John Ralphio, I love, but like I like Tom for um, treat yourself. I like, yes. I like his relationship. I say that there, all the time. Treat yourself. Treat, yes, yeah. they, they, that's the thing about it. I quote it so much, and like I quote the Ralphios the most. I will say, um, I had seen a don't TikTok. Be I, don't be suspicious. I don't, don't be suspicious. I don't want to mention this because I don't have a link to it, and I feel bad. Uh, but I remember there was a couple of TikToks like months ago about the Ralphios are like a maybe. Anti-Semitic presentation. Um, I don't have enough knowledge on that, but I can see how that would be the case. Yeah, because they're like Jewish princess, especially the sister. I can't remember what she's called. Mona Lisa. um, Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, So, but I, I do like. I think they have some of the most quotable lines. I mean, I quote, "She's the worst" all the time, Um, (laughs) and "Money, please." <laughs> and then when her dad's like, she has done nothing wrong ever in her life or something like that. <laughs> like I quote that a lot. I feel like there is and um one of my favourite bits is um John Ralphio when he just does those little raps but he never finishes it at the right time and he's like, like Big Ben, Clark. And I find that so funny. So yes, there are small bits of criticism. We'd love to hear more if you've got some more. Um Yeah, there's uh I just and kind of mentioned it before the Leslie Nope's brand of feminism is like girl past girl power gaslight gatekeep Um, but she does support the other women in her life fullest Mm -hmm. except the episode where she slut shames strippers I I was going to mention this actually in Tom's divorce I think it's one of the very if you want to defend it very it's one of the very early seasons I think yeah I think it's like season two or something yeah and again I will say this if you're going to watch Parks and Rec and you watch the first season and you're like I don't like this I didn't like the first season either. I, if I'm rewatching no, it, I don't watch it. I don't know why. Yeah. Just not a great season. Go from like season two or season yeah. three. As soon as they introduce Ben and um, Rob yeah. Lowe's character, who I'm blank. Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger. Oh, Chris Traeger is another person. Amber Gins- Chris Traeger, I quote him as well all the time. When he just goes <laughs> through a massive bout of depression. Yeah. Oh, the thing that I quote all the time as well at the minute is... um when Ben's like, could a depressed person do this? I absolutely love that bit. Um, oh, I had just had a few things that I found when um, we were going through it. Oh, yeah. Uh, season five, Leslie decides the only way to stop Councilman Jam from building a fast food restaurant on the plot. Uh, she scatters pretend oh, warmer yeah. poke artifacts around the site. Um, don't do that. No. Ken- Chief Ken Cahote yeah. forgives her. Uh, but still, no, 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 don't do that. Yes, don't do uh, that. Also, Ken is a much better representation of um, like Native Americans than um, Kimmy Schmidt ever does, and yeah. that's a much better way of doing it. And that like white people yeah. are ridiculous about Native Americans. Yes, um, that's a much better way of doing it. Because the joke is on. Yeah, the white because you often get these like interview bits with Ken where he's being like yeah. they're ridiculous, so you have that confirmation <laughs> of like. Oh, okay. So we're laughing at, we're laughing yeah. at ourselves for being the worst. So yeah, yeah I do like yeah, that. Yeah, they representation do it right. I think. In, and yeah, again, the joke is on Leslie for yeah. doing that because that was stupid and insensitive and racist. Yeah. Uh, the weird episode Sister City in season two, they're paired with a Venezuelan city. 
and um the oh, guy yeah. that comes over and they're like really racist and weird and make yeah. a lot of rape jokes and yeah, it's very yeah, strange like um what was the other thing oh yeah ron's previous marriages were domestic abuse cases yeah yeah and i used to love the tap like i used to go and watch like the tammy episodes because there was like one a seat to a season but then you look back at it and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah because both the actresses that play tammy one and two are great like i absolutely love yes. those actresses um but no i've when i've rewatched, i've stopped watching them i just don't like them so much anymore i like the tammy one episode i think where they do the drinking competition yeah <laughs> and leslie's like dying and then ron just downs that drink i do like that but yeah, yeah. i don't love like that motif anymore i think it's something no. that happens a lot in like yes tv and it's shows like, because he's a man yeah, yeah but no it's not because didn't he it's not good didn't his his first wife like know him since he was a child she was like his teacher or something she she was his the midwife yeah, as so. well that birthed him and i and know then... the joke is like weird like small town but whatever it is but it's not no i don't really like it's red flags yeah. in real life yeah <laughs> um and then i just wanted to end on a final note with the massive problem of the men they hire as the cast members all have sexual <laughs> not all of them but a lot of them end up having yeah. uh, claims of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct against them who else says i know aziz ansari has louis ck oh yeah he i forget louis ck then i like to just <laughs> blank that out of my brain um michael Shaw does say he regrets hiring now so <laughs> also the crit pratt the crit pratt chris pratt yeah thing. chris pratt we're gonna get on to we, oh, what, what have you got to say on chris pratt just the um people in 2018 people were like right okay there's now four white men with blue eyes that are in the yeah. marvel universe one of them has to go mm-hmm. and then from that everyone was like i think it should be chris pratt yeah um because he goes to a history he goes to, history, he goes to a church that has a history of being homophobic yeah. when he was called out for it by elliot page he responds by saying the zoe church opens its doors to everybody it does not yeah. does it though <laughs> famously no. <now>. and <laughs> they the more famous he appears the more famous he's gotten yeah. the more he appears to be aligning with conservatism yeah. uh they write about in vox in 2019 he was photographed wearing a gadsden flag the one that don't tread on me logo over the snake that's become beloved of the tea party which is a right-wing yeah. group and is used by far-right militias he posts on social media about how much he loves cops observing fans began to wonder if maybe he was a trump supporter but he never publicly discussed it so and then there was this whole thing i mean this is more a look at the marvel cast when recently as well everyone was on twitter being like chris pratt is the worst chris chris pratt is the worst chris mm-hmm. saying it over and over again similar things um the marvel cast or like a lot of the men came out and did big posts in support of chris pratt because poor poor baby um <laughs> despite the fact that people like brie larson and i think tessa Ta- well brie larson had got repeated abuse and continues to get it of people mm. being like oh she's so annoying despite the fact she just seems yeah. to be a normal woman and tessa thompson i think had got like racial abuse maybe zendaya i think zendaya yeah. had as well from what i read mm. i hadn't seen that but from what i've read it was quite rife and none of them had spoken up for her taken any time no. out to do anything about that but as soon as chris pratt poor baby couldn't handle it could he (laughs) all these women having to sit there um yeah actually i think some of the like men as well that were i think maybe some of the black actors in it as well in general had just gotten Mm. massive hate and none of them had said anything so don't love that chris pratt from you uh and also who 
Oh, Rob Lowe. There is a weird thing with Rob Lowe about him having... I think he had a threesome back in the day with some girls that were 16. Ooh. Might need to fact check that, but I no. I have my... Yeah, I think that was a thing. Chris Traeger. Yeah, um, <laughs> ben. Yeah. My lovely Ben. Nothing wrong with Adam, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, from what I can tell, is just a lovely person. Um, <laughs> please don't tell me I'm wrong. I don't think I could tell at this point. I do think like I would happily marry Ben. I think he's perfect. Yeah, I think he's the perfect yeah, man. Yeah. Which I'll get into a bit later. Anyway, have we covered... They were just my little... The things that perfect, I found on my little... Brooklyn Nine-Nine. How do you feel about Brooklyn yes. Nine-Nine? Another... I just... I think I just gravitated towards them because I remember we started watching it maybe like two seasons yeah. in because it went on Netflix very quickly. So we watched it as a family. Aww. It was something everyone could enjoy. Nice. Found it very funny. Once again, I quote... No, I don't quote it because it's hard to quote. But I think about Jake Peralta in the um, interrogation no. room. I think it might be like the first episode. He's like, "I yeah, I interrogate the witness and he's got a guitar yeah. and he's just going. Aah! It's so he's good. Like, I think about that like once a week. I don't know why. It stays in my brain. And him going cool, 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 cool. Oh, yeah. Cool, that's I quote that a lot. Become and a thing. noise. <laughs> I do that a lot as well. Noise, um, yeah. I think I actually started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine as soon as it was out in the UK because it was on E4 and I was like yes, a big was. E4 fan. I, I did like it because <laughs> I was a fan of Andy Samberg from like um, the Lonely Island days. Uh, I thought the lo- yeah. I really liked that. So when I found out about Brooklyn Nine-Nine I was like yeah I'm all about this. I like this. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and then I think I got maybe like four seasons in and then I just stopped. And then I tried to pick it up recently and I was like yeah but I didn't like it as much as I used to like it. Yeah, I think it got a bit safe. Yeah. I think the first, like, four seasons or something. And I love the crossover of New Girl, which I didn't yeah, realise until I went through New Girl. I watched Girl. that recently and I was like, well, what? <laughs> What's happening? It's <laughs> just a yeah. random crossover because they both end up... And I was like, I knew she was Jessica Day in New Girl, but you don't understand the context until you watch them both. And it yeah. took me a while to get to that episode of New Girl and I was like oh this makes sense mm. now it was pretty good <laughs> you know in the cinematic universe that new girl exists <laughs> I, I can fully see why people love it though and it's like their favorite show ever i just yeah. it's just not my favorite one of michael shows um but yeah. I, I i find it funny and i would happily watch it um i like i think it is very yeah I think it's, it's clever the characters, are, very the characters good. are good and especially when they started to do more representation later on and it seemed like they let the cast members you know with um i can't remember who plays rosa stephanie? but she's like yes stephanie Some, something. stephanie so we're sorry. besties so we'll just call her stephanie <laughs> yeah but she's bi yeah. in real life and that became a character line of hers which is great in a couple of seasons down. i do like i like that the cast is quite like reasonably diverse um yeah. i like the sexualities and the way they represent them especially with captain hall i do like that i think that's a really yes. nice relationship uh, a yeah. little bit of criticism of this though that i wouldn't have thought of myself um is there's a video by shona leaker i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong but it will be linked below called brooklyn 99 copaganda which we'll get on to but um yeah. they make the point that although they do have presentation of different sexualities it kind of favors the heterosexual relationships and there yeah. wasn't like any like the first kiss they had 
like that was a gay kiss was with Rosa and her girlfriend in season six. So despite Captain mm. Holt and Kevin having this really loving relationship, yeah. you never actually see them kiss or no. like partake in any physical mm. affection, which yeah. I guess you can feel how you want to about that, but it does seem strange that we have all this affection from Jake and Amy and others. Yeah. I think it was something like Scully gets to have a kiss before any of the gay characters <laughs> do. Um and it wasn't oh, something God. it wasn't something I'd thought about. And then when they pointed that out, I was like, season six? That's a lot. To have like one the of the line. main characters be like so prominently gay. And that's something yeah. they're proud of, and you haven't had one kiss. Mm-hmm. I think the most they, Kevin and Captain Holt, had been shown being affectionate to each other was holding hands. I yeah, that's as immediate when I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I knew. I knew the point is that like hug. Captain Holt is this sort of like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, mm, but at the same time, not one like kiss, not even a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, it's just when they pointed that out, I was like, this is a little bit bizarre. Yeah, no, I completely agree i think yeah it's always that thing like you go halfway but you don't go the full way which mm. you know you're doing it to be like oh look we're, you know we're yeah. doing something and it's better than what other tv yeah. shows are doing but it's also not and I, uh, you could go further at the same with it, time it, maybe it's some sort of inherent inherent like we're used to heterosexuality so they didn't realize they yeah. were doing it and now they have and they're making an effort to change that yeah but that's not the only issue with the show is it um <laughs> no the thing hanging over it the most is uh copaganda see like i i feel like i had heard these sort of things about copaganda and brooklyn 99 beforehand and i really didn't know like i, I kind of brushed it off and i was like Meh. Mm. and then when i i will link to really good videos that i watched on it um and I feel like I learned so much about propaganda in general, and yeah. I'm so glad I did, because like mm-hmm. this whole thing is that, and I didn't even think about it until I'd seen this that every like representation of like the police in TV and film is good and positive. Mm-hmm. Like these are good. Like yes. I can't think of one, and I feel like people are going to be like, "Well, there is this." I personally, right now, off the top of my head, can't think of one TV show or film that shows like the police in a negative light that isn't that isn't centered around that being the plot you know yeah i think there there are there's like an acknowledgement that there's like dirty cops but there's never like even line of duty is the only one i can yeah. think of that where there's like a corrupt main person and it's but it's another department's mm-hmm. job to investigate yeah. it so it's still like oh no but we're, we're self-policing though. ourselves yeah. and we're the good guys finding the bad guy in they just so happen to be a police officer so yeah i think everything you watch it's like yeah these people are here to protect they're doing their best even if it's a light-hearted comedy show there are parts of it where they if you are it's set in a precinct but they're ignoring the kind of the damaging things that yeah. the lapd not the, yeah. LAP, the yeah. nypd have a huge yeah. reputation for um, and they kind of show it in like the hierarchies and the people in the like the bureaucratic system yeah. that are terrible that are like Captain Wunsch and um, the commissioners like they're all kind of shown as like idiots yeah. and a bit backwards and it's the low level police officers and the detectives that are trying to get this sorted but it doesn't I don't think the intention of the show was to be it. propaganda I, don't, I think it's no. that's an internalised thing as well but most people do think of the police. I mean, now it's different, but a lot of people, privileged yeah. people, think of the police and think of them as like, these are our protectors. 
Um, yes, absolutely. But and also, if you look at like the history of shows that Michael Usher has been involved with, like we've said, they have this view of we're focusing on the characters that are trying to do good and are inherently good. Yes. So I understand that, but then mm-hmm. I just like they clearly became aware of this criticism. Yeah. And I don't think they've changed enough because I feel like a lot of people no. bring up like when propaganda is brought up, they're like, "Well, the episode Mumu, where yes. um, Terry faces police brutality." Yeah, uh, but that's one episode, you know, and it's a it's a and good episode. Never... Like I think it is a it's a really for good people who are privileged. Um, yeah. So when I watched it, like, well, people who haven't really seen like police brutality, I think it's a it is a very good. 101 into police police brutality like this is the everyday of it like this is not the worst that happens in fact this is quite a good ending for it but this is Mm -hmm. this is like a lot of people's everyday life it's good for that so on on its own yeah i i see the merit in it and i like commend them for doing that but then one episode and it doesn't end and it goes like it doesn't end with change which kind of proves this point that like that isn't really changing the system yeah. of the police as it is. Like Yeah, it just it just stays the same. It just carries on and the, the systems that they use it just it doesn't have an impact because the higher ups don't change and I I think I understand why they were trying to do yeah, that. Fully. And that because Captain Hull is trying to tell him not to mm-hmm report it because it would he you know he toes up for a promotion, um, a yeah. promotion of some kind and he's like but it will tank your promotion you won't get it if you speak out against it but he does speak out against it and then he doesn't get it and the guy still remains yeah. a police officer so there's like there's this sense of like feudalism about it that even the people who are trying to change the system from the inside like captain Hope, yeah. who's openly gay black cop yeah. who's had to face all kinds of and i think they address the prejudice and the racism that he's faced yeah. more in terms of the homophobia but i also think as a black like that's that's a statement that they've yeah. made but even he's saying you know like just it's okay you can you can change it from within you yeah. can you know work tirelessly from within the system rather than being like actually we need to reform well, I think like the whole from system this episode like you can see that they can't change the system from within. Which is kind of, no. like, that kind of is good, because like, they could have ended with them being like, the cop was fired, all is well again. And it didn't, yes. which is some merit of, like, yeah. well, realistically, this is what happened. But then it doesn't... Yeah. There's no follow-up to that. So no, now we just, just carry have this on awareness that everyone in that precinct is aware that the police, like, their colleagues are racist yeah. and are... Yeah actively like doing police brutality you know like they're they're abusing their power and they're aware of this and none of them are doing anything so we just have that episode hanging in there and then we move on and someone said a similar thing about like there's an episode that talks about sexual assault i can't really remember this but it's sort of a similar thing in that it is there but then like a lot of the crimes that people go to the police about are sexual assault cases that don't mm-hmm. get they don't get the help they need Reported. about it and like stuff like that yeah. but there's no follow-up to that and i think maybe that's what people struggle yeah. with particularly now mm-hmm. that 
oh, okay, well, this is not the experience we have with the police, and you are aware that this yeah. is not the experience we have the police with the police, and yet you're not doing anything, and you're, you're the heroes him. of this story. Yeah. Like, eh, I understand the criticism, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I, I do think it's good to be critical of media that you enjoy. Yeah, I do. Because I've been feeling about it. I do feel like when I'm sitting there beside my mum and dad, I'm like, oh, I am a killjoy. <laughs> I have the same thought. Um, I'm ruining... Yeah, I have the exact same thought. I, I just, they just look at me like, well, thanks for that, Holly. <laughs> I really needed to know that. But I'm like, but I want to be critical yeah, of what absolutely. I'm enjoying because I want to not just passively accept that this is the way yeah. of the world. Like, as an adult, that's not what I want. So I think it's good to be... I don't know. Good to be aware yeah. that there are things being presented to you that you're not always consciously aware of well, the context like of. To, but it does exist in a wider well, we context. Say again, like this video isn't about us saying because we are sharing that we really love these shows, but it's not about us saying do. don't watch the show. It's just like if you're watching the no. show, this is a valid criticism of it. That's how yeah. it is. Like, I mean, personally, my personal view on Brooklyn Nine 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 is now that. I don't really see how it will continue. And I think it's... Yeah, they've had to scrap. Yeah. The, they've said, after George Floyd, they've said they've stopped. Uh, they had to scrap yeah. the whole season and that they had written, which is yeah. good. Like the, like the Blossom thing, it's like like the Powerpuff Girls. It's like, okay, well, we're listening, but also think about the media that yeah. you're... I think, like, I don't know if it is, but, like, it would make sense to me if the season they're doing now is the last season. Because they yeah, kind of they I think it needs to end. so much, and like, and some people would disagree yeah. with me, be like, and be like, "That's what I love about the show." It's very much about like Jake and Amy being in love and happy, and like that's yeah. nice. But I, I kind of feel like they feel now they have to focus solely on the relationships in it because it's so uncomfortable yeah. to focus on like the yeah. police bit of it. So at this point, I think like <laughs> yeah. maybe just wrap it up because it was really mm. good and we love it. Yeah. And we love, again, we've got some great memes from it. Well, like Gina, mm -hmm. adore the woman. Oh, Adore amazing. her so much. Um, and the characters, so great. Well-formed characters all around. Mm -hmm. The diversity of the cast is great. And it is great that we're seeing more LGBT representation. Absolutely. Whether or not it is slightly flawed, we are seeing it to yeah. some extent. So I think if you wrap it up now, we're all going to have good memories of it and we're all going to enjoy going back to yeah. watch it. I don't think we need to do yeah. much more with it. No, absolutely. I think it's it's had its yeah. time. And as much as I loved it, I do think it's hard to, especially after the year we've all just had, and it doesn't hasn't stopped and it hasn't changed that much. Some, some stuff has changed, but yeah. you know, it's only been a year since George Floyd was murdered. So I still think that we were in the turning point yeah. with it. And I think a lot of the sentiment is abolish the police, yeah. abolish the... It, we need change. We there need needs to be social care. Yeah. We need, yeah. So yeah, I think. I mean, like, I, I, again, feel free to disagree one. with us. I know some people absolutely love absolutely, that show. It's actually yeah. a comfort show. That is. I just think it's so good to be aware of these things. Like I say, I think I really needed to be educated on how it is propaganda, and I'm gonna really yeah, strongly too. recommend the videos. I don't know if Holly's got links as well, but we'll put everything we have below. I recommend the videos on propaganda because I thought they were so good and I learned so much. Um, yeah, and I, I'm just grateful that I did learn that because now, I, if I do choose to mm -hmm. watch it, I am aware of this knowledge um, and the value yeah. criticism of shows like that. So, love that. Have you got anything left on Brooklyn Nine Nine, Holly? No, that was my, my final thoughts. Um, 
The Good Place. Um, yes. I think I, <laughs> The Good Place came out in 2016, but I do think I was still introduced to it by Tumblr. Um, yeah, me too. And I, I think mainly I was intrigued by what, like, the woman from T4 was doing on a television show. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> When she wasn't being a yeah, radical feminist. Yeah, for those who don't know T4, T4 was like, oh, it was m- Saturday mornings on Channel 4. It was a very yeah. cool TV show. I can't really remember. I think they just interviewed people. Um, but yeah, Jamila Jamil was one of the people on there and she was very cool. Um, yep, she was one of yeah. the presenters. So it was it was a shock seeing Jamil, Jamila acting. I was like, what? <laughs> but I was like, oh, I have to give this a watch. Um, yeah. And I think one of the reasons that I liked it is I went into it following, like, doing my A-levels in, like, philosophy. Mm. And I was watching it and I was like, yes. I know this, I've learned of this. And I had this, like, major <laughs> thought of when I did, like, my A-levels in, the, in philosophy. And I just feel like when I watched this, I was like, I wish, like, I'd watched this while I was doing my A-level. Mm. Um, and I feel yeah. like if they're letting you reference The Matrix, it wouldn't surprise me in, like, a couple of years if they're letting you reference this. <laughs> Because, like, we did the trolley problem and stuff like that, and there was a whole episode exploring yeah. the trolley problem. It really wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if in future they let you reference that, or if people are, like, at university <laughs> and they're using this in, like, theses and stuff, because... Or even just to explain yeah. it in, in a different context, like in a visual 100%. context, and I think that's what... Because obviously, not obviously, but in doing a humanities degree, you always end up coming across these things and you always hear about them in bits and pieces and you hear the names floating around and obviously it's up to you whether you read more into it and stuff but I think the big like philosophical issues that they tackle and it's interesting because it's a lot of like modern American philosophy as well which is interesting um I think it's a great intro to it I think it's a really intro it's like a pop culture kind of way to figure out philosophy which we don't have like philosophy is seen as this like hugely inaccessible thing it's kept behind like a big Mm -hmm. high wall of academia and you can't get into it because it's just too difficult that i just i just love the good place for kind of demystifying that because it is it's integral it's like again and it's the biggest thought process of like how do you in your heart of hearts as a good person how do people become better people like how if people are good each every little yeah. act you have <laughs> measures up and is accumulated and i think as this extra like because it is a sitcom but it's yeah. a thought it's a thought process it's it's a it's yeah. a thought project really rather than it being like situated in an office or yeah. oh what are they up to now like that kind of thing but they are but it's much bigger i feel like he's just been allowed to, he's been wanting to do this and it's like yeah. the accumulation of what makes people a good people? Yeah. What makes good people? What do they do? How do they move through different one, situations? This show is the one that is just purely Michael Schur's. Like I think this is his entirely. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the other ones he's been either involved in or co-created or like not overseeing yes. them fully anymore. Whereas this one, I think this was his yeah. baby. And I think as yeah. well, like we've been saying with all the others, he likes to be like these are good people trying to do the right thing. This is kind of a good... Yeah. It's doing the same thing, but at the same time you're being like, okay, people are inherently good, but let's look at the reasons why they might not always be good. Like, what are the factors yes. that lead to people not always being good? And can they change from that? And, mm-hmm. like, the message is like, yes, yeah. with, like, 
but only with like other people yeah. or with help and stuff like that that you can't just yeah yeah which and is love just such direction a lovely and... idea that and it's nice to see that like whereas people might have grown up in like not the best environments with not supportive parents mm-hmm. and stuff like that but then if you have support and love and all this later in life that you can be a better person i think that's such a lovely idea yeah. in this like sitcom yeah. just thrown in in the background <laughs> I think it's just such a lovely, yeah. positive show. Um, and it just, like, this is yes. one of the things, the reasons that I wanted to look at how they progress, because if you compare this to The Office, it's fully different. Yeah. Like, it's oh fully God. different. I think <laughs> now I have more, like, comparative comments on, like, this to the other shows. So if you want to mm. say anything particularly on The Good Place, now might be the time. I just enjoy I mean, I haven't yeah. seen it all the way through, I think, because mm-hmm. I watched the first two seasons... And then we were waiting for the third sometimes one. Sometimes you get and I think lost. I like sometimes you just lose. Like I yeah, get the time when there's a new season coming out and I have to wait, and then I just fully forget. Yeah, yeah, forget about it, and then it goes out. But I really enjoyed how yeah. off the wall it was. I enjoyed the cameos oh, yeah. from people like Maya Rudolph as yeah. I the love judge. Maya Rudolph oh, so much. I love her in that role. I love Kristen Bell yes. as Eleanor. I think that's probably one of her best i mean she doesn't really do not roles, really like gossip girl or yeah. El- elsa from frozen like she's, this woman she's has range. Some as well <laughs> yeah right oh my god she is yeah i forgot so i like that i like yeah. the the relationships that are explored and i definitely think they get more into people yeah. having different backgrounds because they yeah. have different cultures and i think maybe he's always wanted to do that and it was more constricted because it was like well yeah. no we're set in america and we have to do american things but now it's like it's your soulmate they could be from anywhere and, but also, um another perfect so himbo good. jason thank you <laughs> jason jason and friggin janet the robot perfect, oh my god i know she's not a robot but also oh the thing i was god. gonna mention then is that i also i can't remember something you said like spurred me on to thinking about this but there they do kind of do a similar thing that they with the office and the parts and rec thing just not as much where they make like eleanor they make eleanor, eleanor like the butt of the joke like in the same way and that there's yes. one that's coming to mind in yeah. that she remembers that chidi's from senegal and she says senegal and she's like she's like i have a present for you and then she says it and he's like that's not a present that's common decency and i just think that's a much better way of doing it and that none of it was too offensive but the fact that she genuinely thought i'm doing something really good here and impressive and he's like straight away just (laughs) is like no that's just nice but like instead of it being like we're not laughing at chidi or anything we're laughing at eleanor but also we're seeing like how she's just changing immediately because she would have in the mm. past just never remembered yeah. where he was from then she remembers but then she realizes yeah. that's just common decency like i like she's learning yeah. from the beginning the but also level. i feel like a lot of people are learning yeah. with that as well and they're like oh so i can mm. be a massive dick to some people <laughs> yeah, yeah. without meaning it yeah so I, think that's, oh, I love it i think yeah one of the things i'm gonna just kind of do more comparative things now because i think it's pretty yeah yeah um, Michael Schur doing like the similar characters in each show and mm-hmm. I think mainly I want to mention this with like how does he know exactly what we want in men because I think a lot of people like I think a lot of people <laughs> write men for women as like big strong muscle- muscly men bleh. and it's just no not... we want socially yeah. anxious men who are kind 
who were kind and listen and yes. considerate and supportive. Because she do you imagine? Cheedy and Ben. Just the perfect men. Yeah. So good. Like, mm. who knew this is what we wanted? Michael sure did. Like, but I think as well, like, I think he does this with all couples. He, like, pairs them, like, the main couple in the show, he'll pair them with, like, a type A personality and a type B personality. So, like, even yes. if you have, like, Jake and Amy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Amy's, like, the Ben and Cheedy of the type relationship. A. Uh, whereas, like, Jake yeah. is the Eleanor, clearly. Um, and, like... Yes. I guess you could do it with Jim and Pam, but I feel like they're not as... They don't fit in as well. It's not no, as good, but nice. I think I think he knows yeah. that's what we want. We like someone who is like kind of <laughs> uptight, like you know, and then yes. the really chill, jokey one. We love it. It works well. Mm. We like to see it. Thank you, it Michael. Does. And like Holly mentioned, himbos. He writes so many of them, <laughs> and we also love them. <laughs> um, Parks and Rec just full of himbos. A solid mm-hmm. himbo fest, and then Jason. Like we've we've talked about him before, but just a moment of silence. Thank you for Jason. Thanks. Um, I just who knew that's what we wanted again. I don't know. And for him to have to like form a relationship with Janet, it's just oh, it was just. This is why I'm really not going to spoil the last episode for anyone because I, I think you need to watch. <laughs> but I don't know if you'll remember mm-hmm. Holly, but last year it'll be over a year ago now. I watched the final episode and then came into our shared living room where we lived. And I had... I don't know if you'd remember this, but you were in there with Lydia, who we also live with. And I had clearly been crying so much. And you were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I've just watched the final episode of The Good Place. (laughs) It affected me that much. Like, this is what I mean about Michael Shaw. When when it's truly his show, he will throw in just... Mm -hmm horrifically sad or emotional moments and I, I, I can't cope it takes me by surprise I'm not really a crier but when you've got me laughing one second and then you're breaking my heart how am I yeah. meant to cope yeah <laughs> it's the comedy and tragedy it's the I, ancient ancient honestly, principles like, of theatre please let me know if anyone has had the same reaction but I don't know if I've cried that much in like a long time the way I cried at the ending of The Good I Place I think I would because I, I know what happens I've read yeah, a lot and I I've watched a lot of videos and, and stuff I watched it and I was like this is different like and it was still... different it was heartbreaking <laughs> like I was like oh my god like I was sobbing it was you know when you're making oh. noise and you're like <laughs> that was what I was like and I was like trying to be quiet because I was like this is so embarrassing um Oh, and then I'm going to talk. I feel like I'm going to talk about my favorite article ever because I had to. Um, I'm so sorry, Rachel, because I'm going to pronounce your name wrong. But she wrote this article, Rachel Aroesti. It's going to be like below. I'm so sorry, Rachel Aroesti. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. You wrote my favorite article ever. It's called "Horrifyingly Observe." <laughs> um, how did millennial comedy get so surreal? It will be linked below. I'm sorry, I can't talk. Um, but anyway, the <laughs> the article references the Good Place along with along with a lot of other shows, sitcoms that are great. Um, but I think it's like a great explanation of how Michael Schur has grown from writing on The Office to doing The Good mm-hmm. Place, which is so different. Um, because yeah. the article kind of talks about how naughty sitcoms, and I think this is kind of truth for like The Office, Parks and Recs, and a tiny bit uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they were characterised by docu-realist docu- workplace-based cringe comedy. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the new sitcoms we're getting now, and in like the past five years, have been surreal settings and like chaotic plot lines mm. and absurd jokes, and she describes millennial comedy as 
disorientating, dark, and strange. Um, and supposedly it's the <laughs> it's from the impact of like it's a response to a, a world that has stopped making sense. And fully, like the Amen. world that the office was created in is very different to the yeah, world we're in now. Exist because anymore. a lot of the time when the office is on yeah. air, Obama is president in America. Like things looked like we yeah. looked like things were changing. Things weren't perfect, but it looked like we were yeah. progressing. Then what mm. happens? And now, <laughs> then after that, we get Donald <laughs> Trump. It's confusing. How did we go from that to that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, yeah. I was thinking about this in terms of like just this week, how bizarre the world is. So, if you don't know, in England, yep. Matt Hancock just was like talking to the press this week and then ran away from them. And people are saying like, this is this is straight up like out of the thick of it. Yeah, like this is you could see this happening in the office. Like this is this seems like it's something from a TV yeah, show. It, it doesn't re- seem real. And then I was thinking, no. like, general pop culture moments we've talked about this year, like, your favourite celebrity being a cannibal. That's bizarre. Like, these are straight-up <laughs> bizarre things. And when the world is doing these bizarre things, yeah. like, we're not going to find it that funny on the TV, are we? Because we'll be like, well, yeah, I saw that yesterday on the news. Like, we... <laughs> because the world is so bizarre now. We're just yeah. in this need for more and more bizarre TV. And I think that just makes perfect sense for The Good Place in that, like, Absolutely. you're still getting a similar vibe to, like, The Office, Parks and Recs, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's the afterlife. And then there's all this bizarre yep. stuff happening. There's Janet, who's a uh, being, that, and then she creates... Um, <laughs> what's that? The, the guy she creates to be... I don't know. Oh, my God, but yeah. He's also the guy that's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm blanking on his name, but he's a really good comedian. And like, it's just so bizarre. There's so, there's a whole episode yeah. where it's just Janet. It's like all, like, the woman who plays Janet is playing everyone as Janet. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's brilliant. But then I also think, like, I just love this theory because at this point, The Good Place has started almost, like, I think, seven years ago. So, oh I know, God. doesn't that make you feel old? But anyway... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it just makes me think what is TV going to be like in like yeah. a, a year time or like this year like the new TV yeah. coming out the sitcoms how bizarre are they going to be because we have, yeah. we've lost touch with reality I don't think we're ever going to get it back oh, no. like I was just thinking about the Dominic Cummings testimony yeah. so oh, for, oh. The, for our American yeah. listeners he's Essentially, he was running the government, yeah. but he was a, he's a political advisor. Yeah. He was Boris Johnson's best friend, essentially. Went to um, test his eyesight now... by driving in a car with his children and his wife. Classic, classic behaviour. To uh, Barnard Castle. Castle. Essentially undermined the whole of lockdown rules the first time round. Yeah. And then was allowed to, apo- instead of resigning, he was allowed to apologise from the parliamentary rose garden. Um, very quaint. And kept his yeah. job. <laughs> anyway, he has been testifying in front of Parliament this week. And... He referenced the Spider-Men pointing at each other me. Which was bizarre. He referenced films yeah. um, in it, in the kind of disaster. When he was explaining, he spilled all the oh, tea he did, like, that we all knew was happening. If you guys don't know happening. about this, look into it because it... Oh, the Honestly, just tea, watch the, watch the, the highlights. The tea that was spilled in this. Like, it basically, this man oh. was just taking down our government one step at a time. He was like... And yet they, they're still there. That's why Matt Hancock ran away. <laughs> he literally... Because he was like... Everyone over thirty can now get the jab. They showed a like picture of like one of the boards they'd written at the time that said something like mm. "Who do we let die?" or something like that. It was yeah, yeah. basically who do who do we not yeah, save? Yeah, who do we not was, save? Is and what it they says. underlined "not" yeah. um, in big letters. So this is so how that's, bizarre that's the world is. Like, that, that that's just our country. That 
Everywhere else yep. is bizarre too. We everything is so surreal. <laughs> That shows that, yep. like, the good place just doesn't seem surreal anymore. It's like, yep, no, no. This is what I want as my comfort, the oblivion of the afterlife. Oh, this is why this is my, oh, <laughs> my favourite article. Really recommend it. Absolutely adore this article. She, she brings in so many sitcoms from, like, now. And she talks about shows like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. And, like, yes. Bojack Horseman, which is, like, dealing with such deep um, problems, but from the perspective of a horseman. Like... <laughs> The way that we're yeah. evolving, yeah. I absolutely adore it. Well done. I mean, yeah. ter- like, it, I don't know. It's terrible that the world is how it is, but I also yeah. love it. Um, <laughs> do you have anything left to say on the good place, or should we give our final thoughts? I think we. I think we should move to the final thoughts. Well, I think my final thought was as much as I think it was important that we looked at the problematic nature of the shows. I did kind of fall back in love with Michael Schur and like his writing throughout mm-hmm. this. And I think, like, Absolutely. whereas when we looked at Tina Fey, you can go listen to our Tina Fey podcast if you want. Her comedy, I think our problem was that her comedy didn't progress. So, like, when we, no. 30 Rock, yes, she then didn't do blackface, as far as I'm aware of, after that. But if you look at yeah. 30 Rock to Kimmy Schmidt, she's kind of still doing similar tropes and similar bad things. She grew a bit, but yeah. not enough that it kind of <laughs> grew with the world whereas yeah. michael seems to really evolve with the times and like does it Absolutely. really well and not in a way that he's just being like well it sells to be woke no like it seems like yeah. he genuinely is changing with the times which i kind of love yeah. and he even has called out comedians who complain about how political correctness is ruining their comedy and he's like that's just not the case now is like the best time to be no. making comedy um yeah you're just not funny. Yeah, and I just, like, I really love that he is evolving with the times and I hope he continues mm. to and that I don't rue the day I spoke these words. I hope he just continues creating really good, wholesome sitcoms that are both funny. Me too. But, like, endearing yeah. and lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think he should just, like you said, he should just keep doing what yeah. he's doing. I think he's on the right path. I think when he's given the creative license for himself, I think his collaborations are fantastic. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. I think they work yeah, they perfectly. Do. I think what is incredible is across all the series is the standard of comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's funny dialogue. They have like a really good mix of slapstick a lot of the time situational comedy very funny yeah. bringing the bizarre into the normal and i think that's that's what comedy essentially yeah. it's what you want it's something that's not supposed to be yeah. there when it is there and how do the characters react to it i think they're absolutely masters at that but yeah i hope he gives is allowed free reign on more projects yes. i'm excited to see what he does after this too. i'd be interested to see if he does a film or if he's like the sitcom Ooh, is my genre i would kind of like a That's film what I, want. I feel like it'd be interesting to see how he tackled that yes absolutely so yeah we like we love you michael Shaw. yes i think obviously things change with the times but i think on the whole i think he's a good person yeah. at his core he's trying to be a good person he's exploring Ooh, what it means to yeah. be a good person and he writes perfect think, himbos oh, he writes you. strong women thank you for that he writes um and the perfect man he writes he's the only man that i can think of in our canon whatever that writes men that actually women would want to be with he's a man that i trust to write different genders rather than just like sticking to men like i trust him i think he does a really good job i trust him um but yeah i'm excited to see where he goes from here please do more good things because i love it indeed i absolutely love it we're having a great time michael thank you 
Thank you for your sitcoms. Um, <laughs> should we end on some TikTokers then? Who have we got as a TikTok of the Ooh, week? Shall. I can share mine if you want. Um, one of my favourite TikTokers at the minute is called at Lady Yasmina One. Um, and they act out like stereotypical One Direction fan fiction, but it's so good. Because <laughs> uh, she does, like, mainly because she does Niall's accent, but like, does it purposely <laughs> terribly. Um, and there's yeah. just one recent one where she's like, um, having a baby and Niall's getting angry and his just terrible Irish accent and then she's pretending to be Harry and she, he's like, you're having my baby? Like, it's just so good and I can't wait for you all to see it. It'll be on Instagram on Saturday because I, I, I mean, you could go find it yourself because uh, go check out yeah. her Instagram. No, you can check out her Instagram as well but go check out her TikTok in general. Give it a follow. I absolutely adore it. Um, and it's one of those TikToks where I'm like, I want more. Like, you need to keep giving me more. Mm. Give me fuel. Yeah. Anyway, Holly. Um, my TikToks of the week have been coming from Itsy Britsy um, on TikTok. I think she's doing it with uh, Carly Spo okay. as well. Um, but essentially, they're dressed up in the full Little Women criminal, like massive skirt, just leaning on the or like lounging yeah. outside these big old stately homes um lounging about bitching about people as if they were in that time so like oh did you hear that Anne's husband's getting yeah. beheaded yeah can you believe so it? and she's got that. one of them's got like mon sunglasses and a tiara oh on, and the God. other one is like picking and nails and stuff it's just oh it's I just what i want that they're, they're sitting setting up as like a real yeah. housewife situation but in yeah and they i don't know who's giving them the dresses like maybe i don't know they where they're them. getting them from maybe they but they're like they're like the full with the hoop yeah, skirt and everything like the full shebang maybe they're really good at making <laughs> <laughs> so yes that's my tiktok of the yep. week lovely well let's end today it's been lovely um we hope you've enjoyed it's been it really yes lovely. um we hope yeah. you've enjoyed it please let us know if you have or haven't enjoyed it i mean please be kind we are sensitive <laughs> but yeah we'd love to know your thoughts we have all the social media we also have a patreon now which you will have heard at the beginning of this podcast probably <laughs> um yeah, so go followers you don't have to yes we're gonna you don't have, have to give us money but yeah club. you don't have to give us money, it's gonna but... be out in the next week yes uh there's already celebrity corner that's out uh where we talk about elon musk and grimes yeah. there will be another one out in june yeah. and another um book club book club so bad book club so keep your eye also, out for the instagram because that's where we announce yeah these you can also just read Twitter. the book along with us if you want i mean we are only sharing yes. the or like the podcast to patreon but if you want to read a, the book anyway it's on twitter you can read no it's on twitter and instagram yeah. you can read it and then tell us what you think of it anyway you just won't be able to hear us talking about it but that's fine um well the, <laughs> they were free yeah, books they were free we're choosing books. free we're books, only choosing free books. Well. it's gonna be fun yeah um but yes followers everywhere like and subscribe <laughs> um <laughs> thank you so yes, much for thank listening you. bye love you bye, bye. bye.